Kora and welcome to the Destinate NZ podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chambers. And today we're going to have a great yarn about customer experience. So Chambers, hi. Kia ora. Hi. We're back. So, you know, it's awesome to have you here. We talked about it and here we are. And here we are. We're doing it. We're doing it. And we've got a great episode lined up today. Uh, we've got one of our friends on the show, Garth Oakton from Tongariro River Rafting. Uh-huh. And I have to say, this was a really fun interview. Yeah, it was great. I'm really, yeah, I'm excited to listen to it when we get it out there. Yeah. So obviously Garth's got some great tales about customer experience and what he does with his team and, you know, having experienced his product or I shouldn't say product, I hate that, but having experienced his rafting trips a number of times now, I have to say that his team is slick and not slick from a cookie cutter, everything's always the same, but just, you know, they all know what they're doing. They've got lots of personality in their business and it's just, it's lots and lots of fun. And I think that's a really good point, Michelle, because that's something that actually comes out through the interview is the very fact that he really loves to encourage his staff to bring their own personality forward to the business. And, and it's actually, you know, their individuality is really important in his customer service. So, yeah. So yeah. even if they are slick, you can, like you said, you can run a, a slick, awesome business that has um, complete individuality and personality throughout yeah, definitely. So, um, I think there's one key word that we learn, isn't there? Fun. It's fun. all about the fun. It is all about the fun. And yes, Garth has a lot of fun. And um, we always have a lot of laughs when we're together. Obviously, he is one of my Destinate NZ clients. So I feel very privileged to work with him. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to... That's- Let's be honest, Michelle, we decided we'd work through your Destinate phone book and interview (laughs) all of them, and then we'll move on to some others. (laughs) Oh, you've caught me out. No, we're not quite going to do that. But, you know, let's just say this is, you know, kind of an evolution of the Destinate NZ podcast. We've spent the first kind of 18 episodes or 19 episodes we're up to now um, giving away marketing tips and some advice for um, tourism businesses. But I think it's about time now we start to introduce some of those great stories and, and people mm. to our listeners. Mm. I agree. I agree. I can't wait. So listen in, people. This is going to be a great show. Thanks, Michelle. Enjoy, everybody. Well, kia ora, Garth. Welcome to the Destinate NZ podcast. How are you going today? I'm great, Michelle and Lisa. It's all good. This it's all good. Long. Okay, Garth. Well, um, welcome to the show. Now, you're the owner of um, Tongarera River Rafting with your lovely wife, Lee. And I hear you're a bit of a Kiwi version of Crocodile Dundee and that there is so much more to your business than just rafting. So do you feel like you could tell us a bit about that? <laughs> yeah, so we... We, we do do a little bit of stuff. Um, I guess if you go right back, I started rafting in 1986, just after I left school, because my parents told me that my brother would get the farm and my sister would get the shares and I had to find my own way. So um, that's pretty cool. I, I don't mind that. And, uh, and so we've kicked around, or I've kicked around rafting for uh, a little bit of time. And we also take people uh, fishing and we mountain bike people. And we do it a, do a bit of paintball, 
Uh, and we've just got involved in an operation where we're doing a bit of hunting and uh, wilderness e-biking and stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, we have quite a wide range of activities and we do a bit of team building. So um, if anybody's got any other suggestions to keep me busy, I welcome them. <laughs> I think you've pretty much covered that off. Hey now, so I've known you a long time, about 14 years. One of the things that really struck me when we first met is your passion for providing a really great customer experience. So what initially inspired you to make this such a big part of what you do? Well, I'm glad that you thought it was that because I thought it was me dancing on the table. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, well, I, I just I just think that with good customer service, you can kind of do anything. You know, like if if mm. if you make people feel special, you always get away with murder. Um, <laughs> I get I get. No, but, but but I do think that, you know, like if you're organised and you give people great service and something goes wrong, like a vehicle breaks down or whatever, people accept it. But if you're disorganised and your customer service is awful uh, and something goes wrong, people go, oh, it's just par for the course. You know, they, these guys are hopeless. So, so you need to be uh, that bit of a superstar around service and it just makes life so easy. I agree. Put the hard yards in with the customers and, and then it just it pays back, right? Yeah. And, and I, think, I think some of it, Lisa, it's not even about um, hard yards. It's actually just about being true to who you are and, and not, you know, not, not expecting everybody who works for you to read from the same script. We're, we're, we're all different people. So mm -hmm. the conversation that, that, that I can have with someone on the river or someone out biking and the conversation that my staff might have with them would be completely different. Um, oh, yeah, no, I, I agree. So you like to drive the individuality of your team through and this represents their kind of own personal touch to customer service. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, there's, some, there's some, definitely some foundation blocks behind the whole thing, but they need to be true to who they are. Awesome. So can you tell our listeners how you've worked with your team to drive this core value through your business? So I guess it, it, I, the, the full realisation of it for me happened probably 2011, the full realisation where I worked out how it worked. And we'd had a bit of a tragedy. Uh, my, my, my brother had had a bit of an accident and passed away. And I'd gone through his, his bookshelf in Auckland mm -hmm. and I found the fish philosophy. And I read the fish philosophy and the fish philosophy from the Pike Street Fish Market in the Seattle is actually pretty simple. And it's all about just, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you decide what sort of day you're going to have. Well, unless you're a pretty miserable person, you don't decide you're going to get up and make people's lives awful. So you, you, know, you want to have fun uh, or, you, or you want to have a good day. And, and then all you need to do is be present. So be there uh, and, 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 and actually be engaging with people and have fun. Well, that's not a particularly difficult way to structure a customer service sort of bit of training. And, and, and so I, I'd read this and, and then I stopped in, 
Sylvia Park on the way home to get some parts for my youngest son's remote control helicopter. And I got got by this Israeli girl who was doing the defoliation of hands and shiny nails and all that sort of stuff that you do lots of, Lisa. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, yep. Yeah, it's not me. Anyway, so she, but she got me and I, and I spent a bit of money with her. And, and at the end of the day, driving away, I realized that she was um, everything that the fish philosophy that I'd just been reading about was pushing, which was being present and engaging and fun. So much so that all I did was think about this all the way back from Auckland. And, and the, the rider to this prior was that I'd actually sent my staff on a Kiwi host course and they'd all come back saying, what on earth did you send us on that for? That was an absolute waste of time. Oh, so, really? uh, yeah, they, they, they hated it. They're like, we, we, we know all those things. We, we don't need to learn about tourism, you know? And so we just yeah. need, they said, we want to do something that's, you know, about being customer focused. So I, I was thinking about this the whole way back from Auckland. And I went around and said to a mate of mine here in town, so do you think that I'm mad if I've read this book met this person she embodies the whole thing completely i think i'm mad if i want to put all the staff in the bus and take it take them to auckland to meet her <laughs> because she embodied this whole thing uh so much and, and he said uh you've always been mad but no I mean, good idea <laughs> so <laughs> so we uh we did that we took all the staff to auckland well actually i i rang the uh, the number on the receipt of this defoliation stuff in shiny nails and went to her boss in Melbourne. And he said, no, you can't take the staff, can't take, can't take your staff to her, to Auckland to meet her. That would be just terrible. She was a mojo. And I said, okay, I respect your views and hang up, I'll just take them up anyway, because she's so good that she'll get hold of every single one of them as we walk around. So we went to Auckland and we talked, uh, we stayed at my brother's place and we had a bit of a yarn about why we do what we do and, and and that was quite interesting in itself because the young staff were all about how exciting it was for them and the older staff were more around the lines of we do this because we enjoy working with the people that we work with and then it came to me and and i said well i you know laughing is pretty cool but it doesn't really spin my wheels so much what i enjoy is seeing people having so much fun because of what we can do for them. And, and, and so, you know, that's cool. So I said, right, we're off to Sylvia Park. Here's 50 bucks each. And I want you to wander around and uh, like country boys, just walk alone and, uh, and, and go, into, go into every store, whether it be a sports store, an electronics store, a lingerie store or a bank. I want you to go into every single store in Sylvia Park and experience what it's like when people are present and engaging uh, and fun and when it's not. So we did, we spent about three hours there and, and I caught up with all the stuff as they went around and asked them some questions about TRR, which was, you know, what, what do you like and, and what don't you, don't you like? And, and, uh, and I was quite surprised actually, there wasn't much that they didn't like about TRR, there was lots of stuff they liked and some of it was the randomness which is probably coming through with us 
But and then, then went and went down to sales and did the same with, with the staff there, the, the waiting staff, looking at how engaging and present engaging and fun they were. And the maitre d', she certainly wasn't. She was having a very bad day. But and then we went out with with the crew on one of the explore boats, uh, on one of the old um, America's Cup boats, and, and sailed around the harbour and, and looked at how they did things. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was really good. It took it from a very wide point to a very pointed point, which was what we do. And so that's part of what we have based uh, our customer service on now for uh, 12 years or 11 years. Wow. And do you still go and visit Sylvia Park and do this same excursion on a regular basis with Change Over? Rally Girl left. You didn't hire her by any chance? No, no. no well, actually, what, what, we've, what we've done is, is, is we actually, so, so that was the first part of it. And then I thought back to my mother. And so mm-hmm. the second part of our, and so we, we definitely talk about uh, the fish philosophy with, with the staff. But what we do now is every year we have a night based around mum's rules. And my mother was from from Christchurch and she went to Rangiruru Girls down there. And when she was at school, when they sat down to have a meal, they weren't allowed to ask for anything. It had to be offered. So if the three of us were sitting at the table and, and and we had our meals and I wanted salt, I couldn't reach across and get it. You'd have, someone would have to offer it to me. Oh, wow. And I, and so I, I quizzed mum on this whole thing and said, well, what, why was that? She said, well, I think they wanted to turn us into the most amazing hostesses. And, and I have to say of my mother, she was an unbelievable hostess. So we had a dining room table where you could sit 20 people at on the farm and you know, have these big dinner parties all the time. And, and mum would serve everybody's meals and they'd all be handed out, put, put down in front of people. And then she would get her meal. She'd be the last to sit down. And then she would sit there as the matriarch at the end of the table. And she'd look around and she'd say, Garth, pass your brother this or pass your cousin this or Penny, can you pass somebody, you know? And, and so she was looking at what people didn't have. So she was looking at, to make the experience the best that she could make for anyone. And so we, have a, we run a dinner each year for the staff based on mum's rules. So when we go out for dinner, no one's allowed to order anything for themselves. That absolutely screws up the restaurants. They don't deal with it very well at all. Because <laughs> they've got no idea really what's going on, but that's part of the fun. And so you can't order a drink, you can't have your own meal, you, can't, you, know, you might team up with someone and, and, and I might say to you, Lisa, what would you like for dinner? And you can't say I'll have steak, eggs, and chips with with salad. You know, mm-hmm. basic sort of a thing. But but and, and and I'm sure you'd have a much better meal than that. But anyway, um, you know, it's I'd I'd like a steak. And so the next question needs to be, how would you like that cooked? So you're actually dragging out that information from people. And and actually, if we do that at work uh, mm-hmm. with our customers, how, how can people say they haven't had fantastic service? Yeah, 
I love that story. I think, you know, when you think about just being able to sit around a table and recognize who needs what and apply that to your business, there's actually some really good learnings in that. But one of the things, just I have to go back to your Sylvia Park story because Chambers won't know, but randomly I ran into you that day. (laughs) I just happened to be in Auckland for work as well. And and I pulled into the Sylvia Park car park and there was the Tongariro River rafting van. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Garth's here. Unbeknownst me that he had all of his team with him and of course I'd walked through um, the the shopping mall and I had found your Israeli friend and um, (laughs) I think she managed to suck probably about oh I hate to say it but it was about $900 out of me oh my gosh (laughs) they were good Chambers they were good and so I was walking through and of course immediately I felt sick you know that was so much money and I had this big bag of dead sea salt and exfoliation things and yeah all sorts of bits and pieces and I get to the food court and there's Garth and his team sitting there and I, I still remember you looking in the bag going but the interesting thing was she got every single one of my crew yeah every single one of my crew she engaged with somehow uh, I, I think there were maybe two that didn't sit to have a yarn with her. Oh, um, yeah. one, one of the boys proposed to her because he was so. <laughs> <with her>. uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was just. It was one of those moments, you know, for, for me when I when I first went through there. You know, this person is just unbelievable. Yeah, uh, and, um, and and we move around in tourism and we get to do all sorts of bits and pieces. But she was stuck in that one little spot with all those people going past. She could keep that customer service up all day. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Pretty incredible. Mm. So who else do you think does customer experience really well in New Zealand? Oh, that's a massive question, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Well, I don't leave town much these days. (laughs) You should. Now's Um, the time to. yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. I think I think one of the places that that I reckon does great customer service is Industry Zen in Auckland. And I don't know if you've been to Industry Zen in behind the viaduct. Uh, you walk between the two Portofinos and and out the back, and there's this sort of pretty nondescript building, and, and there's Industry Zen, which is sort of Japanese food. Yeah. And, and I think they I think they do it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know last time I was there, I uh, had to laugh because we get there at the right time. They get out and they beat on the drum and, and the guy <laughs> stands up on the ladder and talks to everybody and, and he, you know, oh, we are welcome you. And, and he had a great <laughs> night. And, and the bit that, that I loved, and, and this is maybe just my sense of humour, but he said at the end of it, please remember, Ingress might be shit, but we're trying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I think, to me, to, to kind of admit some of your frailties to your customers uh, and be able to laugh about it is, is a really good thing. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree on that one. Mm. So I guess that would be one of the tips that you would share with our listeners on where to start with their customer experience. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think the other thing that's, uh, that's super important is actually being able to measure it somehow. And, and so we haven't 
sort of talked about this, but, but we actually survey all of our customers. So because we use uh, a sign-in system where we, where we capture people's email addresses, mm-hmm. we, we can then survey them. Mm-hmm. And so we get an MPS, well, we have a, a, an MPS on, on a daily basis, but I, realistically it sort of comes through every couple of weeks. Um, yeah, yeah. And so for those pe- those people listening who, who don't understand an MPS, a net promoter score works on nine and ten being positive, seven and eight being neutral, and uh, six and lower being negative. And for the twelve months prior to the first of April this year, mm-hmm. we um, had an average of ninety one as an NPS. That's now, amazing. That's brilliant. yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's, it's pretty cool, and and you know I think our industry average is thirty seven, and an MPS score of seventy is uh, is regarded as exceptional. So to be sitting up in, in, in those low nineties is is pretty cool. When we came out of lockdown, yes, it dropped back a bit. We we went back to sort of an eighty one or like that. Kiwis are much harder. They're a bit uh, tougher, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did you have a great time? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it was all right. So, so you oh, know, oh, they go. That was brilliant. I'll give you a seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so we contact people and we say, so they are giving us a seven out of ten. Um, could we what do better? We what what could, what could have we have done to make your day better? Oh, nothing. It was perfect, but I just never give a perfect score. (laughs) That must be really hard for someone like you who's so competitive and so focused on, you know, doing so well. Oh, look, I think, yes, it is. But at the same time, that's that's part of the game. And and we actually all have to understand that, that it is a game. And you don't want to take it personally, you know. Like uh, there's all sorts of uh, stuff that goes on, and you see people get sort of bent out of shape, and it's just a game. And, and so, if you can put your best foot forward all the time, then the game goes quite well. I think by um, the analogy of thinking about it as being a game, kind of turns it into a bit of fun as well, which also adds to that whole aspect of customer service and you know interacting with your clients. I mean, that's so huge, right? It's a it is about exactly what you were saying, draw out those questions and ask them how their day's going and really be present and listen to their answer, even if it is the 15th time that you've heard it that day, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a game. It's about having fun and it's about having fun with them and interacting with them. I totally agree. Yeah, well, awesome. It, it's, a, it's, it's hugely important. And doesn't it just make our day better anyway? Just being the hosts, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Certainly, it makes some of my staffs day better. I can tell you at times. I, I guess when you when you've been around a while, you can sometimes say things to people that other staff members look at you. So I can't just I can't believe you've just you said just that. said that. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got everyone roaring with laughter, and and you and you're not you're not uh, necessarily taking the Mickey out of people. We're just having some fun, you know. And, and yeah, I think that's it's a huge thing. We're part of the issues we face today is society is that lots of people can't laugh at themselves and actually if you can't do that it's a it's a pretty awful place i think and also being able to read somebody as well to be able to have that interaction you know when you can crack that joke in that in that environment with that particular person because 
you've read them and you've got them and you're you know that they're going to take it and enjoy it as much as you will then sometimes you might change that joke a wee bit for another character because it doesn't it wouldn't sit quite so well with them but nonetheless you can still have a laugh and a joke with them just to, in a different kind of way but but sometimes lisa when you get it wrong it's even funnier <laughs> well then the joke's on you garth <laughs> well, that's what, i've laughed at myself for years and know? that's exactly it yeah perfect it's, it's, uh, it's, so Yes, sometimes it's just like, oh, I can't believe I got that so wrong. <laughs> well, Even yeah, better if you get it on camera. Are you guys on your honeymoon? No, no, we're brother and sister. Oh, that was awkward. Oh, awkward. Yeah, awkward. Yeah. Dad and daughter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll stop right there. Okay. <laughs> Hey, um, Garth, we've talked about the fish book, but there was another book that you were mentioning the other day when we were talking that I was quite interested in, and I have had a look at it since, but tell me about Slippers. So Slippers and Service, Mark Blumsky, the, the famous Wellington mayor who voted against the casino. And, and actually, when he, when he voted against the casino, he said, no, because Wellington doesn't know what its slippers are yet. And, and so, yes, it's a very good read. And the, the long and the short of it, I guess, is that uh, Mark, I think he'd been working for Hannah's back in the 80s and they'd had a water leak and, and he'd asked a, a plumber to come in and fix it up and, and the plumber did that. And he said to the plumber, How, how's business? Because business for Hannah's wasn't that flat. And the plumber said, oh, it's, it's awesome. We, we're just so busy. And, and Mark said, well, what do you put it down to? And the plumber said, well, I, th I think it's probably our slippers because when my workmen go to people's houses, they wear slippers on their boots uh, or covers on their boots and, and then they vacuum up, up after themselves. So it's, it's part of the service that we offer and no one else is doing it. And so Mark uh, rolled that into, and you can remind me, Michelle, of the name of the business that he set up, the shoe business. And so he, he used that analogy all through his own business of the slippers, you know, what are our slippers? What's our point of difference? And, and I think that that point of difference is, you know, as, as the three of us knows, is massive. You know, if you can have a great point of difference, like you were about to say. Mischief shoes. Mischief shoes, there you go. <laughs> So, I did look that up yesterday, but yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and so when it actually came to, if we move the story on to, to, to when Wellington was voting whether they were going to have a casino or not, Blumsky had been across to Melbourne, I think it was, and, and, and had a look around Melbourne as the city as it was at the time and, and what was going well and what wasn't. And around the casino was great, but everywhere else wasn't. And, and he saw that potentially putting a, a casino into Wellington would drag a whole lot of business away from where it was and around the casino and it would be detrimental to the others. So when mm. the council cast their votes and it was even Steve's <clears throat> and they needed the deciding vote, Blumsky voted against the casino saying Wellington doesn't know what its slippers are yet. Mm. And, and, and yeah. I think I would suggest to everybody that we all need to know what our slippers are. Mm. Mm. That's great. What a great story. Cool. Hey, so we all share the same passion and, and love for the tourism industry. So can you just tell us, would you recommend or why would you recommend that 
people either start out, get involved in tourism, or even start making it a career choice? I reckon that, and I, and I often say to people that, you know, I guess 86 to now is just a couple of dinners. People that, that tourism for me has been a, a little bit like being Peter Pan. It's just the things have got bigger. So you can kind of, you can kind of have all this fun and yet have a wonderful career and meet some wonderful people, make some great mates without necessarily being bogged down in one place. You know, and, and, and I've been in touring here since 1988. So people could say, well, you've been bogged down, but I don't see it. That, you know, <laughs> I, I get to go to all these wonderful places, meet all these wonderful people. It's just, why would you want to do anything else? You know, you've got a job, but you haven't. It's, it's, just, it's just a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, awesome. Very nice to put. Mm. So look, obviously, Garth, it's been a very challenging year for tourism. And, and now we've just, you know, spoken about why people should join the industry. So aside from that, though, how have you fared? How's Tongariro River rafting fared? Uh, oh, good and bad. So, you know, of course, when, when, when we shut down, it wasn't, you know, the first shutdown, it wasn't great. But May, June, July were, were, were pretty good. July, actually, we were 30% ahead of mm. what we did last year, which was pretty cool. Uh, awesome. Then August was going really well until they shut the door to all the Aucklanders. And as much as we like to make fun of them, we do like you guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're allowed to come and visit. Um, in fact, we encourage you to come and visit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it, it makes quite a difference when you, when you guys come and visit. It's pretty lonely without you. Uh, we've, we've decided Jaffa is just another fantastic Aucklander. Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that. <laughs> For another six months anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's, so August was a bit tough and then September was, was really quite good. So in the October holidays were really sharp. So look, it's, it's going to be interesting. We have not just stayed where we were you know there's been this whole thing to 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 look at your business and and see what you can do differently well we've expanded <laughs> so i'm not i'm not sure if i'm I, the analogy i use is driving up a wet ridge in the four-wheel drive and, and and hoping that it's going okay you've actually just got your foot flat to the floor and and, and you're hanging on hoping it's going well but no, it's, we, we've expanded and, that's, and that is going pretty well. And I think that, you know, the next couple of years is definitely going to be uh, challenging. But we mm-hmm. just need to be, be treated like a game and be realistic about what we hope to, to get out of it and go forward. Awesome. Cool. Hey, so Garth, while we're here... I just really wanted to give you and your team a big shout out for all the work that you do in conservation as well. So we haven't touched on that yet, but you run the Blue Duck Project, um, which has had some major success on the Tongadero River and saving our FIO, the precious Blue Duck. So do you want to just give a bit of a plug for that and tell us how people might be able to get involved? Yep, absolutely. So in 2009, I was looking for a project to to get involved in with 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 the river, with the environment, after being on it for such a long time. And uh, a mate of mine said to me, why don't we plant some trees? I'm like, no, we don't need to do that because there's plenty of people doing that. I'd like to do something different. And he said, well, how about 
you trap the margins of the Tongariro to protect Theo. And I actually said to him, can we have something in between the two? <laughs> so I just looked at him and went, oh my God, how big a project is that going to be? So, so we got it going and we started off with 186 traps over eight kilometres and we now have 800 traps over 40 kilometres. We have, over the years, we've had everyone from prisoners out the prison making traps for us. We still have prisoners who check about 350 traps within the old prison boundary. We've got the latte set from the riverside of town, the older retired people who check a few traps. The latte set. <laughs> well, I once called them the Blue Rinse Brigade and they got really pissed oh. off with me. So <laughs> the latte set's much better. Um, now this is <laughs> <just> global. <laughs> I have a, a guide who worked for me, uh, Toe worked for me for 10 years. He started working for me when he was 19, so he's 40 now, 41 this year. So he worked for me for, for 10 or 11 years and then went away doing some counselling work for a few years and then came back for a couple of years and he's gone back counselling again. And so he's now bringing some of these kids uh, that he's looking at, who looking after who are in not so good spaces and they're coming helping us with blue duck stuff so, oh, so wow. and we also offer a, a trip for for customers for, for people on the street to come out and help us with the blue duck project so it's kind of all encompassing of the community and the wider community and it's, it's really cool we've gone from 22 birds in the uh, in the catchment to over 200 yeah. wow in, in 11 years which is a pretty incredible success story. And I get in most trips now, you're seeing the Theo out on the river, aren't you? It's, yeah, it's we are. We never used to see them that much, but, yeah. but most trips now, and I was on the river a couple of times this last week, and, and there's now mum and dad out there with chicks on the river as well. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So our aim as a trust is to get to 50 pairs under management, and that'll be a first for the country. So, yeah, it's, it's very cool. And that must be amazing being able um, to see that while you're out on the river with your customers and you know that that's down to your hard efforts and your other customers and all those other people you've got involved. Well, I think there's nothing, there's actually nothing better than to know that you've been able to make a difference for, mm. for someone or something and actually you don't need to be recognised for it. It's just the fact that you know that you're making that difference. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's what I mean when you see them. Yeah, you know, that's kind of, wow, good on you. What is it like in another 10 years, though? You know, if we've gone from 22 to 200. Yeah. You know, maybe we're having blue duck pie. I was just going to say that. Maybe we're hunting them. (laughs) But anyway. I don't think we're going to go that far. (laughs) I don't know, but but seriously, if you could take something from the endangered list to the menu, isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Mm. Well, it was, it was quite interesting because obviously when I was working back in a business around Kiwi conservation, there was often that discussion around if you could take them from endangered to actually, you know, yeah. Imagine scrambled kiwi eggs because they're massive. I know. One egg. <laughs> huge. <laughs> hey, look. Um, before we finish up, Garth, we do a little thing which we introduced with Chambers when she was on um, being interviewed by me, our little quick fire round. Are you up for that? 
Mm. You can't think about it. It's just whatever comes out straight away. Are you sure you're going to do this? Yeah, yeah, because I've given you the answers. (laughs) So let's have a go. Summer or winter? Winter. Chocolate or coffee? Coffee. Gin or whiskey? Both. (laughs) It's only got to be one. Mountains or ocean? Mountains. Morning or evening? Morning. North Island or South Island? North Island. Yes, that's now one all. (laughs) (laughs) Favourite place in New Zealand? My place. Your place? Is that different? Well, you know, it's quite quite a large area because that's sort of from north of Lake Taupo to uh, south of Mount Ruapehu. So so I think that the central North Island is just the most wonderful place in the world. Yes, and that's why we both choose to live here. You're- <laughs> Very good. <laughs> What's your favourite place in the world? My place. Yeah, okay. Mm. Raft or kayak? Raft. And hunting <laughs> or fishing? Well, <laughs> well, the good thing with, with fishing is that catch and release is very easy. I've tried it with hunting, but you can't get the plasters to stick to the fur. <laughs> oh, dear. I knew he was coming up with something on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he had to end it on a high note. <laughs> oh, well, it's been um, an absolute pleasure to have um, an interview with you and our first podcast jointly interviewing somebody so thank you very much that's oh, really cool I, th- I think uh, i think what you're up to is uh, is, is a wonderful wonderful thing you know we we uh, we need to connect and, and we need to chat and we need to see what other people think and how they think and i think uh through a through an unbiased way is uh, channel is a great thing to do great way yeah. to do it I think that's been my whole ethos and obviously I've been talking to Chambers about this for a long time and building the podcast and just really being able to share some ideas and share some stories and as we evolve and start to bring other guests onto the show, that's what we want to do and hopefully, you know, somebody's been listening to you today going, I'm going to go out and buy that book and read that or, you know, they might go up to Auckland, Sylvia Park and, and buy some nail product was great but i don't think i'm looking 50 years younger like they promised me <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, i'm actually hoping my husband doesn't listen to this podcast so um, yeah hey look um for people to find you garth i just want to give you a bit of a plug tongariro river rafting so it's trr.co.nz um i really encourage you if you haven't been out rafting with garth do it i've done it three or four times on the grade three and the grade four um which is the recreational release that happens a couple of times a year so it's great fun it's a beautiful river and yeah can pretty much guarantee you're gonna have a few laughs along the way as well (laughs) even if garth's not your raft guide yeah no all all of the crew uh have a pretty good sense of humor and and they're actually very good at what they do they I, i can't speak highly enough about my crew you know you can have all of these um wants and wishes and and views and dreams but actually without a crew that engages in what you believe in you you're absolutely toast 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And just for any other listeners, we'll, we'll add those books to the show notes so you can go and have a read and listen for yourselves. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Cool. Yeah. Cheers, Garth. Bye.